For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And exciting news, our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to PlayActionPools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to PlayActionPools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. PlayActionPools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Yo, what up, Cheesy Potters? Welcome back to the program. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 456. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my great friend, another member of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll bring him in in just a quick second. But before we do that, for the podcast listeners, if you have not yet tuned in, please make sure to subscribe to the Fantasy-Focused Football Channel Fantasy Focus Network on YouTube and join us every Sunday morning for three hours of pregame kickoff. All of your start-sit questions will be answered on Sunday mornings right here on the Fantasy Focused Network with myself, Bobby, Levy, and Buck, and a special guest every now and then as well. So join us every Sunday, three hours before kickoff, Eastern, Western time, and get your start-sits in. Also, make sure to subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch to Fantasy Focus. You can find me on Twitter at Sky Guasco. And of course, leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Networks. Today, we are breaking down the week three action. We're also going to recap last night's game, which is the Panthers and the Houston Texans. Of course, we're going to talk 
Christian McCaffrey aftermath, unfortunately, and then we will get into our TCK Listener League veteran and rookie roster debates. And to do that, none other than my good friend, Chris slash Christopher Benavides. And before we even get started, I have to clear the air, man. I've been waiting all season to get you back on here to clear the air and put it set for the record. You and I have been on the show, I don't know, I'm going to throw out 20 times. It seems fair Actually, probably closer to like, what, 40, because we did a whole two seasons. So 40, 50 shows you and I have done together on the TCK over the last couple of years. Every single show, I have referred to you as Chris Benavides. Now, yeah. now, just for the record, every time I hear you host your own podcast, which, of course, I'll let you rep one, once again to the TCK Potters, you open it with Christopher <clears throat> Benavides and the crew. So please, one more time for the TCK Potters and mainly for myself, which do you prefer, my man? And don't say it doesn't matter, because obviously <laughs> it does. And now I feel bad. No, no, it actually it really doesn't matter. Um, so a couple of things on that. I I like the three syllable uh, sort of uh, what would you call it? Sort of like the cadence of my name, Christopher. It's, it's much more sophisticated too. I'll give you that. Yeah, it is. Um, and the reason I like it is a shout out to our boy Nicholas Ercolano over at uh, BDGE. He introduces yep. himself as Nicholas. So uh -huh. I do like I like the cadence of the three syllable name. Uh, but from an actual like real life standpoint, my family calls me Christopher and my friends call me, you ready for it? Benny. It's actually not, no, it's like very few people call me Chris. My friends call me Benny, uh, short for Benavides and they call Alex Benny and they call Eric Benny. So you, unfortunately the three of us <laughs> on our, on our show, we can't go by that nickname. So we have to go by Chris, Alex and Eric. It's just short that way. Um, so I'm fine either way, dude. I don't really care. I don't have a preference, but my family calls me Christopher. It's kind of what I grew up on. So, Okay. What does the missus call you, and what does mom call you? Mom calls me Christopher. The missus calls me Chris. Okay. So my girls call me Sky or Skylar, of course, when you're in trouble, right? Of course, yeah. And then mom mom's calls me Sky. Dad calls me Skylar. So yep. it depends on who I'm talking about. All right. I'm glad we cleared the air, man. I feel like way better. <laughs> I feel like there's been some tension between us for a while. So I wanted yeah. to get that get that out of the way. <laughs> Yo, man. It's so, over it's, first names. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So it's so great to have you back, bro. Of course, last week we had Brother Josh on filling in. Uh, I know we don't need to get into too much of your personal life. They can go check out the commission fantasy football podcast for all the updates of uh, the new house and everything you got going on. So we'll save it for here, but I know you've been in transit, man. You've been moving. You've been doing a lot of things here before the season, before we get started, man, what's maybe one takeaway either from your Patriots or just kind of the season overall that you've taken away. We haven't checked in with you yet before we get going. And also yeah. before that, please remind all the TCK potters. And I think you're new to the fantasy focus network that we've joined on with since you've been on. So to anybody unfamiliar, please let them know where they can find the commish brand, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, well, just for starters, um, I am Christopher Benavides, Chris Benavides over at the commish fantasy football podcast, uh, myself, my brother, Alex and my cousin, Eric, we co-founded, uh, the brand and, and really the podcast. And we brought on Josh who was on last week with you, um, as a writer contributor. And then we brought on, uh, um, RJ and Brian to, to really kind of spearhead all of our dynasty content. And then Alex and Eric kind of, uh, excuse me, Alex and Desmond uh, kind of evolved that into the commission bet. So we basically have a lot of different types of content that's pushed out on the podcast uh, every week. And then we brought on Andrew and Kelly as writers onto, uh, onto the commission brand. And they're also kind of guest spots into the podcast as well. So we kind of have a bit of a, you know, a nice team now with the commission brand. And obviously we've been co-hosting, you know, Sky, you and I for a while. And we have you on our podcast. So basically the point is, is that, you know, wherever you uh, turn on to the commission brand, 
you're going to find some type of content from different perspectives from different types of people. So um, whether it's myself, Alex and Eric and or, uh, you know, Kelly, uh, Andrew on the writing side, Josh, uh, Brian and RJ for the Dynasty uh, content. You know, you're getting a lot of different types of work. And then most importantly, this has kind of been our baby um, since the beginning. And really, Josh has been really managing and co-heading the playbook. So the playbook is our weekly newsletter that's uh, launched every year during the season. And we kind of spark it up during preseason leading into the season. But really, it's kind of the kind of the all hands on deck, um, quick notes that you need to kind of break down the week that just happened into the week that's about to happen. It's the best way to put it. So we give you all the injury updates, our starts and sits, um, things that you needed to know in case you missed any of the games, because you know, unless you have red zone and you're able to watch every single game, um, you're probably not getting all the channels, right? And so we have plenty of people all over writing for us and all of that kind of gets uh, um, uh, disseminated down into the playbook and that drops every Tuesday. So we always encourage everyone to go sign up at thecommissbrand.com. Go put your name in, email address at the commission, um, again, the brand.com at the playbook, and uh, you'll get that every Tuesday. It's so it's so awesome, man. And again, everybody go sign up. I rep it every time. I rep it when these guys are on and when they're not. Make sure to go get it. It's a great piece of content that you can check out every single week. Helps you with waivers off the bat. And then Chris ran down everything else. But it's just another avenue, another quick read. Takes maybe 10, 15 minutes to get through everything. A lot of great readers um, and writers. And of course, with the podcast there as well. Also, I just finished up this week's episode. Shouts out to uh, Alex and, and Dez on the, the commission bets. Um, I put one down every once in a while, but uh, it's very entertaining. Those guys are obviously great friends for a long time. So it's a, it's a fun listen and it's also informational. So shouts out to everybody on the squad. And again, big up to our man, Josh McDonough for filling in the big shoes last week, but hopefully uh, barring any setbacks, Chris and I will be doing this episode every single week, the rest of the season. We've been doing it for, this is our third season doing this one, man. It is, man yeah. Really, really excited about that. So, all right, let's dive in here. We're going to get into the Thursday night recap after that. We're going to get into the week three uh, breakdown of all the games. Uh, I did send that doc over to you, so you can find that while we get through Thursday night and open it up here so we're on the same page, literally. So some basics here for Thursday night football. Obviously, the lead is Christian McCaffrey. We'll get to that in a second. Carolina 3-0, and a big win over the Texans. I know it doesn't feel like a big win because it's the Texans, but nonetheless, let's not forget the Panthers were a struggling franchise for a handful of years since Cam Newton was not Cam Newton since about 15-16. So they've had their own struggles as well. Panthers win here 24-29 in Houston. Carolina 3-0 and for the first time since that Super Bowl season in 2015. I'm going to run through about everything here, and then we'll come back to CMC. Christian McCaffrey out with a hamstring strain. Sam Darnold, 304 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He had two 300-plus yard passing games so far this year for Carolina. Two of three games have been over 300 yards. Four total with the Jets in 38 career games. The Adam Gase effect is real. Then he had DJ Moore, huge game, eight catches, 126 on 12 targets. Clearly the number one. Last year it felt like it was Robbie Anderson. Not anymore. One catch, eight yards on two targets. Chuba Hubbard comes in, 11 carries, 52 yards, three catches, 27 yards in relief. My man Royce Freeman also gets a little bit of work as well. I want to know how much fab you'd spend on either one of those guys. And then on the other side, Davis Mills, rookie out of Stanford, gets his NFL debut, 168-1. Brandon Cooks, unbelievable, 9 for 112 on 11 targets. The rest of these running backs were unusable. So we'll start with CMC and work our way in here. Christian McCaffrey, 
real quick, man. I mean, first overall pick the last three years probably will be next year, depending on how he bounces back the rest of the season. Last year, he had a similar issue, a couple different injuries. He would be out a few weeks. Then you play him. He would blow up for 30 points. He'd get hurt again. You pull him back out. Are you trying to trade for, trade away, hold on to, pick up, you know, Hubbard and, and Royce Freeman? Let's go with the running back situation with Christian McCaffrey first, and we'll move on. Yeah. Um, I feel like these injuries are unrelated to each other, um, but I feel like they're all just happening. Uh, and so you, it's it's really hard to know exactly what the issue is with, with Christian McCaffrey at the moment. If I had Christian, I don't have, I have zero shares of Christian McCaffrey. So um, this is not plaguing me in any particular way, unfortunately, because uh, I wish I had Christian McCaffrey. Um, I feel like that'd be a good problem to have. But uh, in a sense, it's not a good problem to have because you are banking on your number one draft pick being there and putting up the points that you expect Chris McCaffrey to put up. And so you are now left with decisions. So the decisions are, do you hold him? Do you trade him? Do you trade for him? If you don't have him, uh, if I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner, I'm holding at the moment, because as far as I understand, the hamstring issue is about maybe two to three weeks out. It could be lingering. I mean, these type two types of muscle injuries tend to plague uh, uh, players, especially running backs and wide receivers for much longer than we anticipate or we like to hope for. But every time Christian McCaffrey steps on the field, barring he doesn't get taken out, he puts up 25 to 30 points. So my guess is that they're not going to rush him. Um, they're 3-0 on the season, so they're winning. Uh, and if they continue to win, then there's no real need to rush him back, which means if you do hold him, you'll probably get him as a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Um, and we've seen guys come back and they play fine, right? So I think you hold him. If you can trade for him and you know consider that a buy low and you can stash him and you can afford that, then go for it. I mean, go you know if you can make that move, and you're able to, you know, provide some weapons in return, um, then go for it. But, you know, most people with Christian McCaffrey right now are willing to, most likely are, are willing to hold him and wait the two to three weeks to see what the diagnosis is. Right. And it's going to be, obviously, if you're looking to acquire him, it's still going to be hefty. Thankfully, he did avoid the IR, which is ideal, right? So the chance of him coming back in a week or two is great. He might go on the IR in the next couple of days, but so far he has not. Quickly, Chris, before we move on here, Chuba Hubbard, Royce Freeman, both going to be big-time waiver wire pickups. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard more so, rookie out of Oklahoma State. My boy Royce Freeman, who's been buried in Denver for three years, but I, I saw him play for the Ducks. Of course, I'm biased, but dominated the Pac-12, led the nation in rushing. The dude's legit, can catch mm. the passes as well. He got minimal work last night, but did have a nice run. Are you looking to acquire either one of these guys if so how much fab for each one of them yeah chuba chuba is definitely the guy that i think I'm, I'm looking to to go all in on if i can um if i'm in a position where you know say i'm one and one in the week if it's a head-to-head -head situation or you're playing all points and you're like kind of in the middle of the pack and you have fab to spend i'm spending majority of my of my money on chuba hubbard this week uh if he's available and the reason is because one, he's going to help you likely lift yourself into contention over the next couple of weeks with Chris McCaffrey being out. Two, if Chris, if CMC Chris McCaffrey continues to be out, guess who's now the guy? It's going to be Chuba Hubbard. I know Royce Freeman's still there, Sky, but just on the usage of last week, I mean, they had every you know they could have used Royce Freeman in that capacity, but they went with Hubbard most of the game. So it seems like Hubbard's their go-to guy, and he did just fine. Like I thought he played very well last night. So uh, Hubbard would be the guy that I feel most comfortable with. He did. Again, 14 total touches for 79 total yards for Hubbard, and I just want my boy Royce to uh, work out, but he is obviously <laughs> the distant second. Quick note here before we move on. Coming up for the Panthers at Dallas. 
versus Philadelphia, versus uh, Minnesota, at New York Giants, at the Falcons, and then against your Patriots over the next five or six games. Uh, they could, if they could at least split the difference on that and end up six and three or so, uh, heading into week 10, 11, and then a buy in week 13, I think they'd be looking okay. So, no real rush, in my opinion, to get Christian McCaffrey back. Agreed. All right, let's move on here, man. We got the week three matchups going on here, and this is this is kind of a <laughs> week five, week six is kind of that point where you're like, uh oh, my team's 0 and 4, my team's 0 and 5, I'm 1 and 4, I'm 1 and 3. Like, uh oh, there's a lot of squads right now who are 0 and 2. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep saying this the next few weeks. Don't panic. Uh, I kind of famously talk about um, the first year of the TCK pod in 2018, 19, I think. Um, I started 0-4. I had a bunch of injuries, made a couple of trades, made a couple of waiver pickups, had a couple of guys work out, ran the table, ran the next nine games in a row, made the playoffs. I ended up losing in the championship, but I made it all the way there after making a couple runs. So it is doable. Only 0-2, no big deal. But we need to start turning the page here on these squads as well. And of course we do have some big players inactive this week that we need to get into. So let's turn it on here. We're going to start with the bears and the Browns, the Browns coming in here with a seven point favorite over under 45 and a half. Justin Fields making his NFL debut. Odell Beckham jr. Probable should be playing. He's not on the final injury report this week. So That leads me to believe he will be active, but we'll have to wait until Sunday. Jarvis Landry missing his first game ever as a pro due to injury specifically. He'll be out for the next couple of weeks there. Um, How do you feel about the Bears and the Browns, man? There's a lot of kind of uh, question marks, I think, with like Allen Robinson getting a lot of work but dropping a touchdown. Darnell Mooney, will he see the uptick with Justin Fields? The run game obviously is going to dominate for the Browns and probably the Bears as well. But with Landry out, where do we think that that ball is going to go around there for Cleveland? Yeah, so a couple of thoughts. Um, I'll start with the Browns just briefly. Uh, I am excited to watch the Browns every time they step on the field now. I want them to be the wrecking ball that they uh, look to be. They could easily be a 2-0 team right now, and I expect them to continue to be a menace for teams moving forward. Uh, Between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at the moment, um, they look awesome. That offensive line is as advertised. So I'm very excited to keep watching the Browns. I think the Bears are about to enter into a buzzsaw. Unfortunately, I think the the Browns end up going uh, two and one after this week. Here's my thoughts on the Bears. Uh, they were my early offensive uh, fade of the entire season. So I wrote an article, fade the Bears. I actually said fade the 49ers, so we'll talk about them in a little bit. But fade the Bears um, until Fields got onto the field. Now we're going to get Fields. I think he's starting this week. Uh, Andy Dalton, is he in or out confirmed? Andy Dalton's out. Justin Fields is the man. Exactly. So I'm a little bit nervous um, with the cadence of this entire offense. Like, for example, their defense had a monster game against the Bengals, right? They still only managed to put up 20 points. That's that's a bad sign for a team with decent weapons. I'm not sure that Fields is going to make all that much of a difference in his first week in the NFL. So in my opinion, I'm fading all Bears. Maybe start David Montgomery, but that's it. I don't think you, I almost I almost think you fade Allen Robinson. He he had 11 Ooh. targets and then four targets. He's not the target monster that he or at least right now that he is and I don't see the Bears wanting to throw the ball that much this week. That's my take. Fair enough. I mean that's that's a uh, two tough fades there with with Demont and 
Allen Robinson. I'm still good with both of those guys. I just think the offense is going to have to run that way. And even if the Browns are run heavy, I think they score points in this one. And I don't think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a slog fest here. But yeah. I think both teams are going to score at least three touchdowns uh, in this one. So Each I'm going to go. Time. I'm going to go with uh, with either of those. And you know, in a, in, I wouldn't do it in a single quarterback league yet, but in a, a super flex or two QB, I would absolutely be comfortable with Justin Fields playing so far. Uh, Chris, we haven't done it yet because we're we're a little tardy on the season, um, just with some personal stuff with you, and it just took us a while to get going. But we're three weeks in. Let's get it started now. Quick pick, straight up. We're not doing spreads. We'll let uh, Alex and Des do that on commish bets. But uh, we'll just do a straight up pick them here, Bears yeah. or Browns. Browns at home. I'm thinking the Browns at home, definitely. Cleveland Browns at home, and I am going to do the same. All right, let's move on here to the Washington football team and the Buffalo Bills. Bills are the favorite here, seven and a half over under 45 and a half. Buffalo has won seven of eight against the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin most likely going to draw Trey White. Trey White is legit against everybody. We saw a huge game from Terry McLaurin with 11 targets last week. Anyone other than Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are you comfortable with on the Bills? And Antonio Gibson, are you comfortable with Antonio Gibson uh, moving forward here? He's been off to a slow start as well. Yeah, so... Cole Beasley, I think, would be the only flex start that I might be comfortable with, depending on how deep your league is. The Washington football team didn't look particularly good against the New York football giants. I know that the Giants are a juggernaut right now, and Danny Dimes is quarterback five overall. But that being said, the football team didn't look particularly good, and I'm a little bit nervous that they're going to have a tough time guarding the Buffalo Bills uh, this week. And that includes Cole Beasley. So if I need to, I feel comfortable starting Cole Beasley this week. I think he sees a lot of targets. Uh, and then I think the upside of what we saw Daniel Jones do from a rushing perspective against the football team is what you're probably going to see a little bit from Josh Allen, which is going to this is going to loosen up coverage for the receivers. So I expect Diggs and Beasley to have uh, both big games. Singletary is an interesting situation. That's Josh's sit of the week uh, in the playbook. So he actually wrote and he acknowledged that Singletary has had two consecutive weeks that have been strong. He's controlled 66% of the starting snaps in both of those starts. He did get vultured on uh, touchdowns from Zach Moss. He is a little bit nervous all overall with the Washington football team, likely coming back to form on defense because they had that extra like couple of days rest. So unless Singletary scores, he thinks you're going to have a, a disappointing stat line um, from Singletary. So that's Josh's sit for the week. Let's move on to the Washington football team. Obviously, if I will play McLaurin, uh, he's as versatile as it gets as a wide receiver. Then it becomes the conversation between Gibson and McKissick. Uh, Alex has Gibson as the sit this week. And this is, a, this is an ongoing problem between him and Eric. Eric has Gibson in the home league, and Eric loves Gibson. I also like Gibson a lot. I don't have a problem with Gibson. Gibson's averaging 5.2 yards on the ground at the moment. He's just not getting a lot of proper usage from a game plan perspective. And I don't know if it's because the Washington football team was down last game and they put in McKissick to, you know, for pass protection and for, for third downs and, and kind of brought him back to that role uh, that he was on last year, uh, that third down role. Um, but Gibson wasn't utilized the way you would expect Gibson to be utilized. So he's Alex's sit. And I am uncomfortable sitting him, but I mean, if you need to and you have better options, go for it. Um, I personally wouldn't be comfortable sitting Gibson. I also think if you have McKissick, I think the football team's going to be playing from behind again this this week. So you might see a lot of passing work again out of McKissick. So uh, he could be a good flex stop for you. All right. Give me a pick on this one. Bills, football team. 
I'm going to go with the Bills. Oh, Bills. All right, let's move on here to the Ravens and the Lions. Ravens coming in eight-point favorites at home here. Oh, excuse me, on the road. 50 over under. Detroit has allowed 30-plus points in eight straight games. Looking good for the Ravens here. Goff leads the NFL in pass attempts. Lamar has bruised ribs from a flip into the end zone, of course. You hate to see that, but is what it is. He should be fine. Tyson Williams, I think, has a great matchup in this one. Hollywood Brown, questionable coming in, but he should play. Mark Andrews should break out. Hopefully, Robert Tunyon caught a touchdown on Monday night against these Lions here. And then you have Swift, Jamal, Hawkinson, and Cephas potentially for the Lions. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, so a couple of things in the Lions. Um, my thoughts after watching them last week is, so so they're getting there, right, as a team. Um, they're just not disciplined enough to put it together for four quarters. And I think the Packers essentially wore them out, and that's kind of why, uh, that's, that's eventually what we saw at the end of the game, right? Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers effectively just, you know, again, wore them out. And I, I think that's pretty much the sum of what the Lions put together. But they're talented. They looked great in the first half of the game. And I think that we're going to continue to see some progress here. So although they have a bad stretch of matchups, I do think the Ravens pulled this one off quite easily, um, just the way that Aaron Jones kind of bullied them around effectively. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to do the same thing. Um, again, I should, you should expect a lot out of Hollywood Brown. I think you should expect a lot out of, um, obviously, Lamar Jackson. Uh, likely Mark Andrews. We saw TJ Hawkinson pretty much. Um, sorry, we saw uh, Tunyon have some some action against uh, the Lions. I think you'll see a lot from Mark Andrews this week. Um, but mostly, this is a Lamar type game. He had a stomach bug this week, but I think he'll be fine come Sunday. So overall, I think the the Ravens pull this off. But I like the Lions and I like their progress. Quintus Cephas looks pretty good. Uh, I think you're going to see a little bit from Jared Goff. He'll continue to progress with this team. So. Uh, positive on the Lions, but the Ravens win this one. And the Ravens haven't been the Ravens quite yet, at least not on yet. defense. They're not they're yet. definitely no. definitely not as dominant as you think they would be. I like Tyson Williams here. Um, maybe a start of the week potentially. I think they're going to be up big early, and when they are, they're going to run the clock out, and that's going to be Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray probably gets a two yard touchdown. But the volume will be there with Tyson Williams. Yep. Okay, let's move on here to the Colts and Titans. Also. Uh, quick digression. I see some of you piling into the comment section here. We will get to some of your questions after a few more games here, but uh, please remember most of our start sits will be directed to Sunday morning right here on YouTube, three hours before kickoff. So I know you, a lot of you are starting to time in here with uh, start sits. We'll get to as many as we can with Chris at the end here, but please uh, also come around Sunday morning when we have designated time for those. We appreciate it. Okay. Colts and Titans. Titans here are the five point. Uh, let's see, five point favorite at home, forty eight over under. The Colts have won eight of nine of the last nine games at Tennessee. So the Colts have won eight of nine games on the road in Tennessee. That's a really interesting stat there. Carson Wentz questionable with two sprained ankles, but at, back to practice Friday. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, I think, could have big games in this one. Do we trust Michael Pittman? Eight for 123 on 12 targets last week. Derrick Henry, obviously, an auto start. Do you trust Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, or A.J. Brown in this one, Chris? Yeah, I think it depends for Pittman on the on the Colts side if Wentz is playing or not. Uh, I kind of chalked it up that Jacob Beeson was going to play just because of, I mean, I, I just don't see how, I mean, Wentz is basically on stilts. Like, how, I don't understand how he's going to play. <laughs> He's at two broken legs, pretty much. So, I mean, you know, Mazeltov if he plays, but 
Uh, my, my overall note is fade the Colts. That's that's what I have here. If you have to play Pittman as a flex start, then go for it. He obviously has upside that we just saw this week, so that's good. Um, other than that, other than like JT and maybe Naheem Hines, like I, I think they're gonna have they're gonna struggle a little bit against the uh, the Titans this week. Uh, I think wheels up on the Titans overall. AJB, Julio, Henry, Tannehill, the, the usual suspects. I think you got to play them all. Um, with that said, though, Sky, I have a question for you in terms of a start slash sit, if you don't mind. Do it. Uh, we actually had an, we had an Instagram person uh, come to the commission page, and he asked, and I think this is a keeper league because I don't understand how you get all these wide receivers all at the same time, but he already played DJ Moore on our recommendation, but he's he needs to play too. AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin. Who do you sit? Uh, Sit McLaurin. I okay. love McLaurin. He's probably going to get the most targets, um, but Trey White's legit. And I'm worried about that. So I'm going to roll the dice with Ridley and A.J. Brown to uh, do what they should. Okay. So in other words, you feel pretty good that A.J. Brown gets back to form this week? I do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on here to the Chiefs and the Chargers. Three and a half point favorite here for the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a very interesting game here. We'll get to our pick in just a second here. Oh, Chris, who do you have on the Colts and the Titans? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans. All right. Likewise. 54 and a half over under. This is going to be a massive game. A lot of bombshells here. Obviously, Alex is a big uh, Herbert and Charger fan like myself. I expect them to come out swinging here. The Chiefs, again, upset by the Ravens, if you want to call it that, should have been beaten by the Browns. I mean, the Chiefs are literally like two or three plays away from 0-2, straight Mm -hmm. up. And the Chargers are not going to be a walkover either. They're healthy on defense for the first time in years right now. We'll see what happens there. So how do we feel? I mean, you start your studs, of course, with the Chiefs. Um, but how do you feel about CEH, right? Yeah. There's a guy you and I talked about a lot in the preseason. Um, obviously, has not come through yet. And then with the Chargers, you think Herbert just needs to have a couple fall, less penalties, less turnovers in the red zone. I think they're going to be fine. Eckler's an auto. Allen's an auto. Mike Williams has been on fire. Um, two touchdowns so far for him. So I think there's a lot of fireworks for fantasy in this game. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's dive right into CEH here. Um, I know what it's like now for Joe Mixon truthers to defend Joe Mixon. <laughs> no, I'm i I'm a CEH truther. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think. <laughs> all right. So, so, so let's unpack this a little bit. Um, people want to say he's not a good running back and I can see what I can see where they're coming from. He has not been quite effective. Uh, I don't know if it's because of an injury. Edwin Porras on uh, Twitter, our guy, uh, is really kind of our notable uh, medical doctor, or I should say, uh, what do you, he's a not not a um, orthopedist. He's a physical therapist, I think. A doctor in physical therapy. Yes, that's right. So Edwin Porras over on Twitter, doctor, uh, basically is is potentially looking at possible injury related issues because Ceh is not being uh, as effective as we would expect a running back of his stature and caliber to be. Now, the other issue that I have with CEH at the moment is he's being vultured in the red zone, which is a giant problem. Other people want to suggest that, you know, he's not a good goal linebacker. And I, I can point to plenty of times where they use him quite effectively in the red zone last season, uh, and he was just fine. So this, like, not much has changed. If anything, he's probably a better goal linebacker this season. They're not scheming for CEH. And as I, I think I'm getting to the point where as long as Mahomes is under center, they just don't value that position as much as we would like them to, even with a player like CEH. And that's just that's just it. There's no, I don't think there's another storyline or another narrative to posit other than with Mahomes under center, they will use the running back position uh, sparingly and only when needed to mix up the throwing options so they're not just statically throwing the ball all the time. 
Otherwise, there's no reason to use a running back when you have Mahomes under center. The dude is just lights out every game. He's as consistent as it gets. So, yeah, I'm nervous about CEH. He's he's actually my sit of the week, although I'm still pulling for him. I think everyone needs to be patient. If you have him, hold him because you're not going to get much for him if you're trying to trade him. Uh, and let's see if we get consistency out of the out of the running back game, uh, running back position and more specifically how they scheme for him moving forward. Right now, they're not using him in the passing game. They're not using him in the red zone. Those are two huge problems uh, CEH is facing right now. I will say this, though. Last point is if you did get CEH, hopefully he's your running back two, maybe three. He's my running back three. So although he's killing me, he's not killing my team. So that's kind of the caveat to CEH at this point. You didn't waste a first-round draft pick on him like you did last yep. year. Yep, that's that's huge. Last year it stung so much more because of the what top seven running back or so he was going off of. Like that was a crush. This year is about a third round pick, so you might be able to get away from it. Chris, you got the Chiefs or the Chargers? Dude, this is a tough one, actually. Um, from a game standpoint, the matchup to watch is going to be Travis Kelsey versus Derwin James. Um, mm -hmm. of the safeties in the NFL, Derwin James is the only guy that can uh, man up with Travis Kelsey on snap to snap. And he's been doing that pretty effectively. So I, I, I want to take the upset, but I'm not going to because they are playing in KC. So I'm going to hit the Chiefs on this one, but I think it'll be close. Deal. Kansas City for Chris. I am going to go with the upset. I'll go with the Chargers. Ah, all right. Okay. Let's talk about your Patriots here. We're going Saints, Saints, Patriots, Saints <laughs> dominated the Packers in week one. They get absolutely embarrassed in week two. Which version of Jameis are we going to get? 30 fantasy points in week one, six fantasy points last week. Do you trust him at New England? Do you? I mean, you got to play Alvin Kamara, I guess, but he's another one that hasn't been up to standards yet, although he is seeing a career high in rush attempt percentage and uh, target percentage as well. So he is that entire offense. It just hasn't quite clicked for him yet. Any other New Orleans pass catchers for you? And then would you rather start Damian Harris? as the bull or James White out of the backfield. Both guys mm -hmm. have been quite effective so far. And the Myers, Aguilar, or any of these pass catchers there for the tight end. Patriots, three-point favorite at home. All right, so I'll start with the Pats. Um, and you kind of asked this question earlier. So uh, my overall take on the Patriots. Uh, it's funny, me, Alex, and Eric were watching them this week, and we all collectively agree they are a boring-ass team to watch on TV. So that's that's first and foremost. They, are, they have a game manager with Mac Jones, they're looking to win football games, which is fine. And I I appreciate the approach because it's like circa Tom Brady 2002. Right. But that's this is how he operated and a lot of people forget like how game manager how game managerial Tom Brady was and he like he basically got labeled with that uh that that narrative for the longest time and unfortunately um that's what Mac Jones has now on him. So Mac Jones is a game manager of the players, uh, I think you start James White and Damian Harris. I'm assuming you don't have both of them on your team. If you have one or the other, I think you start both of them. James White looks like James White of old right now. I mean, he, he had does. a great game. Even if you take away the touchdown, he probably still had you close to 12, 13 points, which is not bad for a flex position. Um, and they're using him in the passing game. So that's where that's where James White makes his money. And Damian Harris right now is just running all over the place. So, um, so I think you start both of them. I'm not comfortable playing any of the receivers if you have better options, but if you do have one better than the other, I guess Jacoby Myers would be my guy. The Saints. I dude, I I literally wrote down your guess is as good as mine at this point. I have no idea. I don't think we've ever seen uh like like in normal sense, we would say, okay, they're gonna rebound with Drew Brees, but obviously Drew Brees is no longer there. So here's the positive I wrote for Jameis Winston. I feel like he operates 
like uh, like a good major league baseball player, which is you don't get caught up in your last at bat. I feel like he's got a forgetful memory, which is actually his best quality. He doesn't like put much stock into what's happened in the past, and he just keeps on chugging along. And after a performance like that, you kind of need that as a quarterback. So I actually feel pretty good about starting Jameis. I'm I do have him in my in the, my big money league, and I am starting him. So um, the Patriots defense looked pretty good, but clearly Jameis is efficient in the red zone when he wants to be, uh, and he can put up you know thirty points on one hundred fifty eight yards with five touchdowns, and that's possible. Mm-hmm. So. I think you start Jameis Winston in a two QB league. Let me preface that in a two QB league. Fair enough. You got your Pats at home or are you going with the Saints? Yeah, good question. Um, I'll take the Pats. I'll take the Pats at home. Perfect. All right, let's move on here. Falcons and Giants. Giants three-point home favorites behind MVP runner, I'm sure, Daniel Jones here. We'll get to that in just a second. Falcons have allowed 40 points per game this year that's by far the worst in the nfl uh, just two games but nonetheless they've been smoked in both of them do we trust matt ryan do we trust mike davis cordero patterson in the mix we just talked about ridley and pitts i think those guys are autos just with the ability with that they have and the upside pitts is getting the work we just haven't seen the boom game that could happen any given week and we know ridley's capable of doing it daniel jones qb6 on the season do you trust saquon barkley at last week 84 percent of the snaps we have Shepard Galladay a lot of options here but I'm not as excited about this game as I thought I would be Daniel Jones is good for me as a streamer or a second quarterback and then Ridley and Pitts are auto for me I'm sitting everybody else personally uh yeah the only guy that I think I like to start this week is Mike Davis um just with the lack of uh, running backs right now in the NFL like if you have James Robinson he ain't performing very well uh if you had CMC not there. Uh, you know, there, there are other guys that we could probably name off that. Maybe Mike Davis would be a start this week. Look, the, the New York Giants defense is playing pretty well. They're actually ranked as the 13th, 13th um, overall graded defense in the NFL right now, uh, according to PFF. So they're playing pretty well. And the offense, eh, dude, they're just beating themselves. I, I don't know what else to say. It ain't Daniel Jones's fault. It's definitely not Sterling Shepard's fault. It's, you know, Slayton. It's, it's you know, bad penalties. So... If they can clean those things up, the Giants might be the best 0-2 team in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. That's so fair. wheels, Yeah, wheels up on Shepard. I think you have to start QB6 Daniel Dimes. Uh, you have to start, uh, I mean, Kenny Galladay if he's not questionable. And this is the get-right game for Saquon Barkley. So everyone that has Saquon that is has been losing their minds, um, you obviously drafted him knowing that this is going to be a slow start. This is, this, this is the game that everyone's been predicting that he's going to come back. So ideally... Uh, if he doesn't come back, you're probably a little nervous. Yeah, I agree. So you're good with Saquon Barkley. I'm going to wait one more week. I also think that it's going to be a nice kind of a breakout, if you want to call it, for Saquon. I think the biggest thing that could help Saquon in this one is that for the last couple of years, the Falcons have traditionally been susceptible to the pass out of the backfield. Mm. And if they can get Saquon five, six, seven passes out of the backfield to give him open space, let him determine how and when he gets hit and a little bit of open space. I think that's much better to get him than just ramming him behind a terrible offensive line against a decent run defense. So I like that if they use him that way. Otherwise, I'm going to fade, continue to fade Saquon so far here. But your boy D. Jones off to a great, uh, great move. And we won't talk about it now, but we'll get through it over the season here as we monitor this. But we had an entire hour and a half episode on your podcast about you and Josh debating Daniel Jones. And right. uh, I think you set the line at 18, if I'm not uh, mistaken. 
He's at QB six so far. So, so far, so good for you. Um, we'll see what happens with the Giants here. Are you going to roll with those Giants or do the Falcons bounce back? This is this is a tough game because they're both 0-2. They both have looked horrendous and pretty good at the same time. I agree with you, though. The Giants look like the much better uh, squad overall, but you don't know which version of Daniel Jones you're going to get. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, so I think if the Giants clean up their uh, their acts in a sense, like so they clean up the penalties, and if we do get the game that I think most people are expecting from Saquon, they will pull this one off. So I'm going to take the Giants. All right, likewise. Okay, let's move down here, and um, let's start crushing these out here a little bit quicker. Bengals, Steelers. Steelers are a three-point home favorite here, but I think this is a, this might be a sneaky trap game, I think, here. 43.5 over under Cincinnati, 115-1 and one on the road since 2019, of course, that pre-Joe Burrow when he got hurt last year, but nonetheless, pretty rough stat there. Worst by far in the NFL, Deontay Johnson out in this game. T. Higgins, doubtful. It's my boy T. Higgy, doubtful so far per this podcast, but by the time you hear this, he might be out as well. This could be a shootout, but I think it's also a trap game for Joe Mixon going up against the Steelers running defense, Joe Burrow going up against the Steelers passing defense, Big Ben overall without Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris I think could have a big day if they ride him, but the Bengals have been sneaky good against the run so far in quick action. So usually if Deontay was healthy, T. Higgins was healthy, I think you fire up everybody and it's fireworks. Two of the best players on each team are out. I'm concerned about this game overall, and I don't. I'm actually might take the under in this one, even though it's still pretty low. Yeah, dude, I completely agree with you. I wrote here, uh, this might be a close game, but I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think the Steelers passing offense does fine in terms of yards, but I don't think they score as much. The Bengals defense has uh hasn't been too bad from like a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. I know that they I know that they've given up some like some you know some some points and some yards, but they have six sacks, uh, you know, they have a fumble recovery, an interception yeah. in just two games. They don't look so bad. So with Deontay Johnson out, uh, I don't know that they're going to, I don't know if there's going to be a high scoring game. So I'm probably going to take the Steelers because it's the Bungles, but this might be like a 20 to 17 type of game. I agree. 2017 or 2023, that's still going to give you the over with 43 and a half. So I'm going to take the over or the under, excuse me, in this game. Steelers are the favorite at home, Chris, but who do you have? I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, again, I think, I think they're just better than the Bengals. It's not, and they're playing at, at Pittsburgh, so I just don't think that the, the Bengals are, are quality enough to get that done. I'm going to take uh, an upset in this one. All right. I'm going to take I'm gonna take an upset here and go with the Bungles. Okay, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Jaguars. The Cardinals are a big uh, road favorite in this one, seven and a half. You don't see a line like that very often on the road, seven and a half favorite here. 52 over under, one of the top three. Uh, lines in the NFL this week. Jacksonville has lost 17 straight games dating back to last year. They won opening day, lost the rest of them. Of course, they win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but they've also uh, gone down this week or the last two weeks and six straight by 10 points or more. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't practiced yet this week. He's questionable. He has a tendency to do this though, so I'm not terribly worried about him because I didn't see anything happen on Sunday, but monitor DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Rondale Moore has exploded big-time waiver wire pickup this week. Christian Kirk, a couple of touchdowns so far. James Conner, not explosive, but could get you know fourth-quarter action if they're up big. James Robinson, 11 touches in week one, 14 in week two. No touchdowns, though. He's been a big-time bust for you. And then which Jacksonville receiver do you trust? Marvin Jones seems to be the guy, but fantasy still wants it to be Chenault, still wants it to be your boy Chark from a couple years ago. 
who do you have in this game? I think there's a lot of fireworks. Some autos are are obvious here. Um, with Kyler Murray, Hopkins, if he plays, I think even Edmonds has a big game in this one. But how do you feel about the rest of these guys? Yeah, I agree with everything you just said here. Um, I don't have much to add other than uh, it's going to be a lopsided game. I actually think you're going to see Cheese Almonds, Chase Edmonds uh, get <laughs> yes. get get actually more work than than most people expect. So I would take Edmonds over Connor at this point. Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. seems to be the alpha. We talked about this on our last episode at the Commish, and uh, it's it's just not Chenault. So the only issue is, is that they're both on a terrible passing offense at the moment. Lawrence's 50% completion rate right now uh, is coming in dead last among all quarterbacks with at least two starts, and it's just not looking good for this team from a passing perspective. So likely fading all Jaguars if I can in this game. Arizona? Yeah, I'm taking Arizona here. All right. Got a quick question here. Is Uzi Vert, shouts out to our friend Uzi Vert here. Um, I want to address this really quick. Taking lineup questions. A lot of you are jumping in the comments, and I appreciate it. Chris and I have a lot to get into still. We still have five or six games to get into for week three, which we are going to. Then we're going to transition into our TCK Listener League veteran and rookie roster breakdowns. These episodes will go longer. They're about an hour 15, hour 20 versus the usual hour until we have bye weeks. Addressing this, taking lineup questions, as I've said a couple of times. We might get to a couple at the end of this episode, so stick around. Sunday morning is when we break down all of our lineup questions. So make sure you join us on Sunday mornings, every single Sunday, as you can see here, live streaming on YouTube for our Start Sit Show, Fantasy Focus, TCK. We get that question, answer, assault going on. So make sure to hit us up on Sunday mornings. So we might get to a couple questions, Juicy, but um, please uh, hold those for Sunday mornings there. All right, let's keep progressing here. Going to the Jets and the Broncos. Broncos, big-time home favorite in this one. Ten and a half points. The Jets have lost 11 straight in September. Four picks from Zach Wilson against uh, Uncle Bill and the Patriots. No real surprise there. Historically, Bill Belichick has destroyed rookie quarterbacks, especially he did it to Tua last year twice, Josh Allen early on. So no surprise there, but four picks is rough. Teddy Bridgewater, QB 13 on the season so far, 592 Passing yards, four touchdowns. Cortland Sutton, shaky week one, comes out as the clear number one in week two. Nine catches on 159 yards on 12 targets. How do you feel about these running backs? Pretty much Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have been 50-50 down the line. Melvin Gordon had the accidental 70-yard rushing touchdown a couple weeks ago, but they've been 50-50. Otherwise, Corey Davis was great in preseason, great the first game. Bill Belichick eliminated him. Do you expect a bounce back from them? The Broncos have a great secondary. Yeah, I actually don't in this game. Um, I think the Jets' struggles continue just a little bit. They're definitely progressing, but they're just not quite there yet. I think the at, at the at Denver scenario is going to hurt them. I think more than than expected. So yeah, problem problem for the receivers of the of those receivers. I think Corey Davis will likely be the go to guy again as he has been in the past, especially in that week one uh, that one that week one game. Uh, so. Other than that, I do feel pretty comfortable with the Broncos team right now. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is playing lights out. Uh, so I had I actually had him as a QB 12, a QB 13 doesn't, you know, it's, it's neither here or there. He's playing above where we are expecting him to play. He's definitely the upgrade on that team uh, and, and is lifting everybody else up. So Cortland Sutton wheels up on him as far as I'm concerned. Noah Fant, absolutely. And I honestly, I have I have Melvin Gordon in, in my work league and I'm starting him. I am starting him with confidence. I don't have any worries there. So, yeah, I mean, if you have the option to play the Broncos uh, players here in this game, I think you go for it. That's fine. It's just if Melvin Gordon doesn't score, he's probably around eight 
you know, 10 fantasy points, which is fine for an RB2, RB3, uh, depending on the landscape with a couple guys injured. But again, just the upside's not there. Javante will happen eventually. Keep holding tight. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go with the Broncos in this one. Yes. All right, let's move on here to the Dolphins and the Raiders. The Raiders, a four-point home favorite, 44 over under. Pretty low, actually, considering this offense here. The Raiders come in at 2-0. and Dolphins 1-1, and but Tua is out in this game. Seven of eight games have been won by the Dolphins over the Raiders over recent history here. Derek Carr playing out of his mind. I think an early MVP candidate. Uh, Josh Jacobs, questionable, doubtful, probably not going to play in this one. If he does, he might be limited. Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber split work last week. I'll stay away from both of those guys, although Damian Harris and James White did well against the Dolphins last week. Henry Ruggs needs a deep touchdown to be beneficial. Brian Edwards needs the volume. You start Darren Waller on the other side with Jacoby Brissett. I'm not excited about literally anybody on the Dolphins. I'm not. I don't think the Raiders' defense is great, but they have a great pass rush. If anybody, this might actually be a Mike Kosicki game, just with quick dump offs. But I can't trust him either. I'm actually fading all Dolphins, which might bound you know bite me. But I'm fading all Dolphins. And honestly, other than Derek Carr and Darren Waller, I don't know that I'm crazy about the Raiders either. Okay, so um, so I agree with everything you said. I, I am also fading all Dolphins right now, uh, especially with two not playing. Uh, the, the the Raiders' defense is a sneaky ranked or tied for sixth, according to PFF, in overall defense at the moment. Um, and the Dolphins are ranked somewhere, not where I can find them at the moment, but they're not very high. So actually, they are pretty high. Their their defense is ranked uh, third. Actually, as a matter of fact, that's why I couldn't find it because I was looking down. They're ranked third in the NFL. So I agree with you on both takes here. Probably going to be a little bit more of a low scoring game than we're used to. But I agree with you. Uh, Carr is playing lights out right now. The mm-hmm. biggest uh, characteristic change from last year to this year, in case you're wondering, is that they're not turning the ball over. Right now, they are tied for third best in the NFL in in turnover percentage at four four point two percent. On the flip side, Miami is 12th worst in the NFL at 14.3%. So with no Tua, this actually might become more of a problem. You got to play Raiders defense if you're in a defensive type of, of uh, uh, league where you play defenses. Um, Waller's going to be Waller. You have to play him. If you need, if you're in a deep league and you need like a Rugs or a Renfro, I actually don't mind the start. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Miami defense has been playing pretty good. So just be careful of that. Uh, don't expect Rugs to have another game like he had. I 100% agree. And a sneaky, sneaky defensive play there for the Raiders. Like, that's a great call. Dolphins, Raiders for NFL purposes. Uh, I'll take the Raiders in this one. All right. I am also sticking with the Raiders, man. Looking to go 3-0. and How about the Raiders and the Panthers starting yeah. the season 3-0? I love it. Oh, love man. It. Yep. All right. Let's, let's get to some fireworks here, man. This one's going to be crazy either way. The Bucks and the Rams a point and a half, but this is basically a pick them 55 and a half over under here. This the, tied for the second highest with the Seahawks and the Vikings. This one's going to be in an intense game, man. Brady is playing like he's 28. I mean, are any of us surprised at this point? Chris Godwin seems to be the only one that's consistent. AB a dud last week. Mike Evans a dud in week one. The running backs are okay. If you have to start any of them, it's probably Lenny Fournette for me, but I'll pass against the Rams. On the other side, Matt Stafford's playing really well. Cooper Cup is playing out of his mind. Robert Woods hasn't come up yet, but that's going to even out eventually. Tyler Higby might be sneaky in this one. And Darrell Henderson's playing well when he's healthy, but he's also beat up. Sony Michelle, no thank you. Again, like this should be 
start everybody 10 to 15 options, maybe both DSTs. But to be honest, man, when I break this down, I'm really only excited about like, I'll play Brady. I'm playing Stafford. I'm fading all running backs. If I possibly can, if I have to pick one, I'm going to pick Leonard Fournette from the Rams. Um, I'm starting Cooper cup. I'm flexing woods if I have to, but I'll move off if I can. I'm playing Godwin and I'm playing a B. If if he plays, if he plays, he's got the COVID issue and all that. If he plays, I'm playing a B because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to get the one and two. And then Gronk, of course you play and then maybe Higby, but this one's really tough, man. As far as like not an auto start here. Sorry about that. Cut that out. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. So I was, I was saying we, you know, usually you have 10 to 15 <laughs> options in this game. You got the kickers involved as well. I mean, this game's insane, uh, but two incredible defenses here. How does that affect you? Yeah. So, so, all right. So, so I'm totally on the same page with you with everything you said. I am starting Chris Godwin and I am starting Antonio Brown with confidence. Uh, Mike Evans has routinely been the guy to to get the number one cornerback in recent years, and he will likely end up with Jalen Ramsey. Now, if you need a start, obviously, if you're going to flex Mike Evans, you can actually do it with some level of confidence. Last season, when he played the when they played the LA Rams, he had Jalen Ramsey for 88% of his snap share, and he ended up ripping off for five receptions, 49 yards, which isn't a ton, but with one touchdown. So Again, Brady still likes to go to Evans in the in the red zone. He's he's the largest target on the field. Still 6'5". <laughs> still 6'5", still gets up and jumps balls, and he still ended up with Jalen Ramsey and put up at least 15.9 uh, points on uh, against the Rams last season. So, um, so, so don't sit Mike Evans, but I think A.B. and Chris Godwin both have better games. On the flip side, yes, I agree with all of your starts and sits on the Rams. Sit all running backs in this game. Pick a man. You going with Brady and the Bucks or Stafford and the Rams? Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks on this one. All right, Bucks on the road. I'm going to go with the Rams here, and simply because they're at home, uh, it doesn't matter for Brady. But in general, NFL team has to go literally all the way across the country. This is as far as you can go from Tampa, Florida to LA, California. Is as far as you can go in the country um, outside of maybe you know Boston or New York to Seattle. So um, I'm going to take the Rams here in a squeezer. All right, we got two games or three games left, excuse me. We got the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings come in at 0-2, Seahawks at 1-1. The Seahawks have won six straight versus Minnesota here, one-and-a-half favorite on the road. Again, same spread there for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett have been unbelievable. DK Metcalf has gotten the same target share, the same exact target share, just hasn't been able to do what Tyler Lockett is doing. So if anything, buy low on DK Metcalf, in my opinion, this could be his – coming out party if you know if you end up getting Patrick Peterson going on Lockett or so um Ashad Breeland ends up covering DK Metcalf no chance he's gonna go nuts in this game I like DK in DraftKings or FanDuel as well for DFS and Chris Carson's gonna be fine in this one as well on the other side if Dalvin Cook's healthy you play him if he's not I'm playing Alexander Madison as a top 20 running back Kirk Cousins you fire up in this one Jefferson and Thielen of course as well and I'll sit all the tight ends um, yeah, fair enough. That that all makes sense. I actually wrote here. Uh, I'm starting all available options in this nice. game. I think I think you're going to see an offensive shootout here. The Vikings are playing for their life, as far as I'm concerned. They do not want to fall behind to 0 and three. That's a tough hole to get out of in that division. And the Seahawks are going to have to keep up, and they're going to air the ball out. So I think you're going to see a lot of offense in this game. Awesome. I'm going to double back for one second because I just realized I skipped over a note I wanted to read. 
Somehow, Chris, 22 years, this is Tom Brady's first career game in Los Angeles. Really? Interesting. Does that even make sense? No, it doesn't. But I guess... They didn't have teams forever, right? They had the Oakland Raiders, and they had the St. Louis Rams, and they had the The, uh, San Diego Diego Chargers. Chargers. Right, exactly. I guess it does make sense, but that's just weird to read, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I feel like Brady's played a game in every city in in the country. But All right, who are you going here, uh, Seattle or Minnesota? I'm actually going to take the upset. I'm going to take the Vikings at home. They're going to pull this one off. All right, I like it. I'm going to stick with Seattle. Russ is cooking currently, and while he is, I'm eating it up. Let's go here with uh, my Niners going up against the Packers. This one's going to be tough, man. I'm not as confident as I usually am in this game here. Three-point favorite here for the 49ers at home, 50 over under. Of course, we had week one Rodgers and then week two Rodgers, no surprise. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, meh, but the Niners are getting wins with 14 different running backs. Debo Samuels leading the league in receiving yards, but I think that falls off a cliff pretty short here. Um, how do you feel about this game here? George Kittle hasn't popped off. Devontae Adams is an auto. Aaron Jones is an auto. Uh, Robert Tunyon could be a streamer, I guess, as well, but I'm fading Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and uh, anybody that starts for the uh, 49ers running backs, I'm going to fade. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm actually a little bit more confident in the team, I think, than you are. But please correct me because I don't get them over there on the West Coast when uh, in order yeah. to watch them. So I'm only getting I'm only getting uh, snippets of of plays online that I'm watching here. But Debo looks incredible, and is it? I'm, I'm guessing it's because they're double teaming Kittle and Ayuk is some some for some reason in the doghouse and. Yeah. Debo just eating right now. So, I yeah. mean, unless unless uh, unless they don't double Kittle at some point, which doesn't seem like a smart defensive strategy, um, I actually feel good about Debo. I, I think he continues to eat the way Ayuk ate last year, except he's just playing harder than Ayuk is. So, I think this actually continues. I don't see the cliff in the sense that Debo will fall off of. Um, but at the same time, um, I also feel pretty good about Jimmy G. Like, if they keep winning, then I don't think there's a need to rush Trey Lance. So... I think Jimmy's probably a. I mean, if you need to flex a, a quarterback, you you know, depending on how deep your league is, maybe um, super flex, super flex, right? You, you don't probably need to start Jimmy, but he's not a terrible option right now. The Packers, yeah, you just play all the usual suspects, and I think that's pretty much where you live in the Packers. All right, so I have to take my fan hat off here because everyone knows how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, yeah. he wins games. I don't think he's that good. Trey Lance would win the same games because Jimmy's not winning the games. The 49ers and Shanahan are winning the games. Trey would win the games and be more exciting. I digress. (laughs) Debo Samuel is awesome, and he's absolutely an animal when he's healthy. First of all, he's got to stay healthy. Secondly, yes, Brandon Ayuk has not yet come up, and he will sooner than later. I think Shanahan plays kind of this old school, like earn your spot thing, and I think Ayuk just dominated down the stretch with limited work from Debo and Kittle and got the work in last year, and I think – assumed he had a spot and Shanahan was like, look, kid, you still got to, you know, earn stripes. And he just hasn't so far. So that'll happen. The cliff I'm talking about won't necessarily be this week because Jair Alexander will cover Debo a lot, Mm -hmm. but Debo's, you know, a dot is like three yards, right? So it doesn't matter. It's all screens and ends arounds and shit. So Jair's not going to take him out that much. It's like overall the next couple of games as IU comes in, as Kittle gets involved a little bit, as the running backs literally evaporate, you're going to have to pass more. That means more people are going to get the pie, and I just don't think Debo is going to be that guy long-term. For the running backs, if Trey Sermon comes in, coming off of a concussion, even if he's healthy, I'm going to fade that. He had one carry, got hit in the head, fumbled the ball, he was out. We don't know what we have there. Elijah Mitchell is out in this game, uh, or doubtful at least might be out. Hasty is out in this game. They're picking guys off the street. XFL dudes are coming in to take snaps here. 
49ers are a mess. I'm worried about them in this game. I'm going to pick them because I have to every single week, but I think I'm worried about the Packers running them out of the building because nobody, no two guys right now for the 49ers can cover Devontae Adams. That's a problem. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Packers in terms of a pick type situation, but I actually did right here as well. It's going to be a huge test for both teams. So it'll be a good game, good game to watch. Me too, and uh, should be a playoff game if everybody can stay healthy. Finally, let's get into the Eagles and the Cowboys here. Big Monday night showdown. Cowboys four and a half, or excuse me, four point favorites at home, 51 and a half over under. Now this one's a big one. Of course, they're in the division here, and, and both these teams pretty much just tried to lose the division last year, and then Washington football team ends up getting it. Uh, three straight road losses by the Eagles to the Cowboys here, so that trends well for the Cowboy fans. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing well. I'm excited to see him in prime time. I think he's going to be great in this game. Uh, I don't think anybody for Micah Parsons is that defense. I don't think they're going to have much in the secondary there. So I do expect a, a, a decent game for Quez Watkins, who's a way deep streamer, uh, Jalen Rager, um, of course, and Devonta Smith as well. Miles Sanders, you guys know how I feel about him, but you start him. Um, and then I think, you know, Kenny Gainwell, I'd, I'd fade as far as a start, but he's going to get some work out of the backfield. You start all of your Cowboys. Um, and I think you can start Tony Pollard as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just going to say uh, Tony Pollard is quickly becoming the truth. Yeah. Dude is uh, running back 11 right now in the season, uh, just in two weeks, and it does seem like they're just going to continue to mix him in with Zeke. I don't think you'll ever see on the Cowboys uh, Zeke being the backfield. Uh, it is it is now Tony Pollard's share, and that's just going to continue. So, um, so, but other than that, yeah, I'm fine with all the weapons you talked about. Um, and I do like uh, the Eagles options at the moment. Uh, Dallas is looking pretty decent on defense. They're not terrible. Uh, definitely better than they have been in the past. They're ranked six in terms of overall grade from PFF at the moment, um, just slightly behind the Cardinals and the Saints. So overall, yeah, I, I like the, I like the options for this game. I think you're going to see a good divisional matchup. Um, Eric and Alex tend to get a little bit nervous in divisional matchups. They never quite, uh, end up being sort of that fantasy goal mine that you expect. But I actually think this is going to be one that will be. I agree. Who are you going with here, Dallas or Philadelphia? I'll take Dallas in this one at home. I took a lot of the home teams today, so I'm going to continue with that. All right. That usually is how it goes down. <laughs> All right, Chris, we have done the week three games, and we are going to wrap up week three and, of course, the Thursday night pick them as well and get into some bonus coverage here. And we will get into the uh, TCK Listener League as well. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.